the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. This is Benito from Tentacum. Really excited to be on the Ronnie John show this morning. We got a game three in Philly that was rained out. Halloween was rained out. Kids walking home with their soggy bags of candy last night. I got to go down to the park and scalp a couple of, you know, free free parking passes that I can resell for tomorrow night. So, you know, pretty pumped up. We got Ranger Suarez on the mound tonight. And if I know one thing, there is a Ranger, baby. Ronnie Gonzo, let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the Ron and John Show after maybe one of the most prolific weekends in Philly sports for the boys here. Ronnie, how you feeling after this long weekend? Feeling pretty terrible, John. Yeah. I'm hurting. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna recover and and get myself into the stadium tonight. But I have about eight hours, so. Yeah. Got to dig deep. No, you got seven hours. It's one o'clock. Oh, great. Seven hours. Great. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. um, So for for those of you who uh, didn't know, I was back home this weekend in the city of brotherly love. A little Friday night at high school football action at Episcopal. Another another big win to move the boys to eight. No, then rolled down to the city to. uh, Watch the Phils make an epic comeback. Um, huge win. Unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, shout out Buffalo Billiards. The bar we were watching. Yeah, that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal was, atmosphere. Yeah, just uh, just a different kind of energy in the city. And you, was, know, you know what? Talking about that, John, I think you made a good point. You were talking about the conversation topic of the amount of volume and noise in some of these bars mm-hmm. and how it affects us. Um, it was fucking loud in there. Yeah. Like it was loud. Yeah. And every dude, everybody was locked in. Everybody was jumping. There were a few people in there in Halloween costumes that didn't, weren't really paying attention, but they left promptly as soon as the game started to get fired up. But um, yeah. How did you, how did you feel about that? How did you feel about the Halloween costumes this weekend? I mean, it's yeah. tough. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a tough conundrum for a lot of yeah. couples um, kind of, deciding whether or not to dress up, do the Halloween party versus go to the bar to watch the game. So what what are your thoughts? I will say, I mean, normally on Halloween, I do enjoy um, wearing a costume and other people wearing costumes out, but I definitely think it is a burden, not only financially, but time-wise to put together some sort of costume that's going to impress. So I was very relieved this year to not have to, put together a costume to go out in. And my costume was my, uh, my lucky Pete Rose Jersey that I've been rolling with throughout the playoffs. It's been bringing us luck. So that's been good. Um, but yeah, I think to each their own, you know, I just think though, that when it gets into the crunch time of the game, you got to, if you're not, if you're not bought in, you, you got to find somewhere else to go, to go party. You know, it's just that bar at that time, there was a large unspoken majority of people there that were trying to enjoy the game. So if you're just in the way, you either got to get on the train or get run over, you know? 
Um, but yeah. no, it was great. It was great. And then, um, so we followed uh, that Friday night. Phils went up with a Flyers game. We were right on the glass, right behind the goal. Me and a couple buddies of mine. Great performance by the Flyers. They did end up losing in um, in overtime. Um, but I do want to touch on them a little bit because we haven't really talked about the Flyers much. And I was pretty impressed with the showing that they put out there. Um, <coughs> definitely noticed a large lack of talent on our roster. Okay. Um, uh, Acho and um, and Stahl and the other guys on the uh, on the Hurricanes were just clearly outgunning us. But dude, that we played tough. We hung. Carter Hart is the truth. Um, he is not allowed a loss this year in regulation. Last night was his, uh, or Saturday night was his first loss of the season, and it came in extra time. So, um, just a really gritty hockey team that kept in it. I mean, we were we had the lead with less than two minutes left in the game, um, and we just gave up a nice, nice little wrist shot, top shelf. But um, I think this is a team that. Right, like it's it almost kind of reminds me of that young Sixers team before we got to be competitive. Um, and we still had we didn't have the talent yet on the roster, but we were still gritty and fighting every night. And our record wasn't good, but we were in every game. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, and it's it's a uh, it's a good sign for the future that if we do end up stacking some talent behind this roster, then we're going to win some hockey games, but. Have you been able to watch the Flyers at all this year, Ray? I watched their opening game, and they were impressive. Um, not from a talent standpoint, like you said, but just like relentless. Mm-hmm. They were just a relentless group attacking. And goes back to what we talked about, I think, last week, just about the head coaches. And, you know, John Tortorella is a great fit for the city, and he's exactly the type of coach you want for a, a young team that's trying to build a culture and identity. Because he expects certain standards. Yeah. Um, I go back to the Sixers. I think that's what that's what was missing, and why the Sixers continue to struggle is because although Brett was a very nice guy, and he pushed them to have good spirit and play hard, there was no accountability or standards set behind the scenes. You know, there's stories of how Michael Carter Williams and Nerlens Noel would get onto the plane stoned, and Brett would just allow that to occur. Yeah. Um, that, Embiid showing up late to practices, not practicing. Simmons not working to improve his game as a jump shooter. John Tortorella doesn't accept that. If, they, if the player is not holding their end of the bargain, he'll bench them in the middle of the game. He'll call them out after the game. Yeah. Um, and so for those young guys, they're going to mature and build the, the correct mm-hmm. culture. And, um, you know, to your point, I think it's exciting time to be a fan of the Flyers. And, you know, you just got to hope they suck this year and get a top pick and get somebody yeah. sick. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, too, something you mentioned on a previous cast was the fact that he came into this year and did not name a captain. Um, I think that was pretty noticeable on the ice, right? Like, I mean, obviously, you had no guy out there with a captain's patch, but I think more from, like, a team standpoint, it seemed like every like no matter who you were, if you were an old vet or you were a young rookie, they were all battling for, for time. They were all battling for their spot, um, and he has really – um, cemented that culture of, you know, like, like, I don't care who you are. I'm playing the toughest five guys out there. 
And if you're not one of them, I don't care what your name is. I don't care what, what you did on another team. Um, but you're, you're fighting for your job every day. And that's like that sort of um, mentality, that, that, uh, that toughness, that attention to detail that they have to have in order to keep their spot, you know, it really kind of shined through. But um, I did. So one other thing I noticed besides the actual hockey being played was because we were sitting so close to the glass, we got to see some of the uh, families watching the warmups. Um, and in particular, shout out to the one uh, Travis Konechny, um, who had his his wife and his sister in law there with their kids. Just two absolutely gorgeous women. And it, it begs the question, Austin, of the four major sports. Which do you think has the hottest wives or girlfriends? That's a really good question. I think I think you're onto something here with the hockey players, dude. They they pull, man. I think it's pretty pretty consistent and similar to kind of the lacrosse culture. I Mm. think it's very similar in terms of the uh, attitudes and the. Um, kind of generalization you'll get of lacrosse players mm-hmm. similar with, with hockey. You have that kind of flowing hair, yeah. Um, kind of a little bit of an arrogance, a little bit of an edge yes. to them, the way they carry themselves mm-hmm. um, enough toughness to make it, make it cool. Mm-hmm. Not like a football player who yeah. can't think. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's gotta be hockey. I think it's hockey. You think hockey is the number one. I do. Yeah. I think you do make a good. Now, I think overall, though, sorry, and I'll let you finish here. I think, like, like in totality, right? Yeah. So, So like, like everybody has a a very attractive person. You're encompassing the lowest and the highest. You're not just like, yes. Some leagues might be top heavy on that that point. But yeah. And I think that is a good point, though, that hockey is a good balance of like, like coolness like you have the hair you have like nice stick moves like finesse out there but also like grittiness because i feel like you have like if you look at baseball and football football is like a little too gritty like like you 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 need to have like a special kind of personality to be with a football player because they're just so crazy and tough and everything and everything's so brutal out there and then you look at the other side with baseball, it's like almost too finessey where they're like, none of them are like really that gritty enough. Um, but yeah, it is a good point. I still think baseball holds, um, holds a high, a high rank. Um, football is a big problem because there's a lot of domestic violence, which is right, obviously hurting, hurting that category for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, hockey is good but i think that there's a case to be made for baseball i mean you got look verlander and kate upton were one of the premier couples in um all of professional sports for a while she was like number one si swimsuit model for a decent amount of our childhood um or i guess not childhood but like teenage years um yeah what an outstanding woman by the way i mean just she really carries herself with great self-esteem yeah. Um, and, and touching on Verlander, I'm yeah. glad you, you touched on him. I wanted to touch on that. Has there ever been an athlete um, who has performed worse on the biggest stage Ooh. in his career? So I uh, wanted to give you a little bit of stats, John. So 
in his career, he's winless in the World Series. He's either seven or eight starts. He's never won the World Series game. And for guys who's thrown, who have thrown over 30 innings, he has the highest ERA in the history of the World Series in professional really? baseball. So with those two things being said and being how dominant of a player he's been throughout his career, first ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. probably going to have 300 wins when it's all said and done. Like, who who has choked worse than him in his career? Well, I would say if we want to stick in the baseball world, I think now it's it's hard to say the Yankees because they have so many rings, but they have lost a lot of rings. And it always <coughs> seems like even this year, and I think the Mets may be a better a better example than the Yankees. So I'm going to use the Mets. But the, like there are organizations, I think, that have choked more impactfully than Verlander. Um, but I think in because he is a starting pitcher, like a lot of the game rests on him, where it's like if you make an error at third or you strike out hitting, right? There are other guys there to like pick you up. When you're on the mound, dude, it's you and the ball and the catcher. It's like yeah. like it's on you, you gotta perform. And so so that is what about a good an point. individual. What about an individual in any of the four sports? Well, I think, think you got there- I think you got Buckner. Buckner was one of the biggest chokes ever. Um, but what what do do we ever know what else happened with Buckner? Like, obviously he booted the ball. Yeah. But like, what like like how did he perform outside of that play? I think he had the yips after that. I think that messed with him so much mentally that he had the yips Google for it. a while. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, it is hard to say. I haven't. I, I did not know you were going to ask that question, so I've not done any research on well, that we, topic. Yeah. Well, I think um, that's what makes our show great, John. Yeah. We never no, tell I, each other I, what I, we're. What but we're no, going to talk about. Let I don't know. this up, though. I need. All right, God, keep going. I'm gonna I was going to say, I don't know if this. I could think of any individual player. Um, You might be able to say Jim Kelly of the Buffalo Bills losing four straight championships was a um, that was a pretty historic choke job by him. Um, wow. I think that I think the Sixers. I think you look at the Sixers in the playoffs, how they always choke. And I don't want to put that on Embiid himself, but like they've choked. Um, and then I well, let's ruffle some feathers a little because I like to do it. You look at LeBron, LeBron James. He's been to what ten finals, and he's only won four of them. He's 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 led his team to more finals losses than wins. Um, and then that's when the Jordan-LeBron argument comes in. It's like Jordan was in six championships, but he won all six of those motherfuckers. Um, and it was him. That that was his team. It's like LeBron, how are you going to be considered the greatest all time when you, lo- when you lost four times in the finals or six times in the finals and you were like, that was your team? That was your league. Like that was his league when he lost. So. Yeah. I think that might be a pretty comparable one because obviously LeBron and Verlander are both considered some of the best players at their position of all time. I mean, Verlander, like you said, should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been doing it for so long. I mean, Cy Young Award winner at 38 years old is as impressive as anything, really. So, yeah, I think you might be able to look at LeBron and Verlander kind of in the same light. But um, how many championships does Verlander have? Do you know? I don't know. He wasn't on that know. Cubs. He wasn't on that Cubs team that won, Rosie. No, I think he's just won two with the Astros. Oh, maybe he won one with Detroit. Did the Tigers win? 
Tigers did win, but I don't. That might have been before his time. I'm gonna look that really? up. Really, I thought that was. I thought they had. That was like the Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander, fucking. Then they had a couple more pitchers. I don't know. We're all over the place today. Yeah. Well, let's get back on track with. Um, let's talk about little Phillies game two. Um, now I was at the Flyers game for most of the game, but um, was still keeping up with the scores. But you were actually watching pitch by pitch. What did you see that kind of led to that loss there? Well, to start, Zach Wheeler looks injured. Really? Do you so think, do you think I'm it's a that, little um, bit worried? I think he's having arm issues again. Really? Uh, he said he missed a month of the end of the season, came back. Um, they gave him a, that extra day's rest for game two, his velocity was down two miles an hour. His fastball was 96 all game versus 98. Um, he was missing his spots. Uh, slider was hanging. So, I mean, it's one of two things. I think it could be the leg. I don't know where his legs at from when he took the line drive off his shin or whatever part of, but that was his striking foot. So mm-hmm. I didn't dig in to see like if his landing spots shorter and if he's kind of laboring and like, being a little soft on the front side that's affecting his ability to throw the ball mm-hmm. and locate, but he was missing middle, middle. But the interesting thing about it was like, they came out and swung early and often the first inning, put three runs on him, but then he put up four straight innings with zeros mm-hmm. um, before hanging that slider again, the Bregman to make it five, nothing. So part of me says he didn't look right, but the other yeah. part of me is, you know, if that's his worst and he can get us through four, three runs, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, he really only made one mistake after that, which was the home run, the Bregman, yeah. uh, that pitch. But so I'm a little concerned about that, but I mean, overall, obviously there's some controversy with the Astros pitcher. I think he was cheating uh, three different gloves in, in six innings, yeah, uh, multiple hats, grabbing his fake dreads, um, three different pairs of cleats there's, and there's some video to support that um, mm-hmm. because we've talked about it before. The Phillies do a really good job of hitting the off speed pitch. Yeah. You know, if you watch the Phillies, they, they can really hit the breaking ball. They weren't even close, John. Mm. They weren't, they weren't close. Like his breaking ball had so much depth to it and hats off to him, um, you know, for cheating and getting away with it. But, you know, clearly he was dominating us for four yeah. or five innings. And the, the team looked like a group that was content going home one, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we did like this series, we kind of did have to lose one of the games. Like we weren't going to, we were going to roll through Houston and, and sweep them like that. They're, they're just too good of a baseball team. And I think <laughs> like right now we've kind of followed the MO every series since the, uh, since we beat the, the Cardinals where, you win one, you win game one on the road, you lose game two on the road, and then you come back and then you win out at home. Um, that's been a really good formula for us, and we've we've still put ourselves in a position to to secure the trophy in Philly. So, yep. um, oh, I meant to ask you, John, what are your thoughts on so Ranger Suarez? He obviously threw game one, mm-hmm. and then he sat, he threw sat and threw the second inning. So they yeah. pushed him back to game four. They're going with Syndergaard today. Oh um, yeah. So I was wondering what your thoughts are with that, with the matchup, your confidence level. 
um, because pretty much every series they've been going with the Ranger game three, and that's been kind of a swing game mm. to get the momentum back on our side. Yeah. Um, I, where are you feeling? I like Syndergaard a lot. Um, I think we've kind of underutilized in this playoffs, which might come into our advantage because like people haven't seen him pitch as much recently. Um, but I still think he's a dominant pitcher. And I think he's a guy that can lull you to sleep. Like another team is going to come up there and they're going to be like, holy shit, it's the sixth inning and we haven't had any runs yet. Like, like he's a guy that's going to just methodically pitch through the game. He's going to make good pitches, right? He's got good control. Um, he still throws heat um, with some decent off speed, but he's going to let guys put the ball in play and the fielders have to make plays. But I, I would like to see the perfect outcome for me tonight. We chip away, chip away, right? We get a couple runs here, a couple runs there. And then Syndergaard just comes, gives us a strong six, seven innings and lets up no runs. And then we let the the big dogs in the bullpen just blow fastballs by him. So um, I think yeah. that's that that's a possible and um, good formula to have. So I actually was able to come up here and look at some Verlander stats. So in the in the World Series. Um, in the World Series history for Verlander, he is start. He they had two appearances with the Tigers and lost both, and then um, he has had two appearances with the Astros before this year, um, and they I believe they won one and lost one. And okay, he is started eight games in his World Series career, and his record is zero and six with a six point oh seven ERA. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah. He's never gotten he's never gotten a win um in in the World Series, um, which is pretty pretty crazy. But um he does have one ring, which um a little credit to him, but yeah, definitely struggling. And it's I mean, that's great news for us that their number one pitcher just can't pitch on the big stage. So um yeah, he would just, be slated to start game five in Philly. Yeah. And if that happens to be a clinching game. I think uh, you'd be wise to put your money on the Phillies based yeah. on some of those numbers. Yeah. Um, job one and thing. You would be going nice versus though. Nola too, then, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I like game that. Five versus Nola. I like those odds. But I wanted to uh, pass along some info to you and to anybody going to the game, our listeners. Um, obviously, like I said, I'm going to be going tonight. Weather report does not look great. It's going no. to be in the mid 50s. Um, there's expected to be consistent rain throughout the entirety of the game uh, tonight. Not sure how that stands, if they're going to try and play through it, if it's going to get uh, mm. postponed. Um, there's also the chance that they just make us show up and spend money on food and beer for three hours and then cancel the game. That makes sense. Which um, would probably make me lose my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to pass that out to, listeners and pass this question to you, John, what do you think I should do in terms of going about when I should get there pending the weather kind of what, what should my, my attack plan be? Well, I, I got to ask you one question first. Um, are they yeah. going to reimburse you for the, for actually game three, if it does get rained out tonight? Um, they have to, right? Right. Like they're just going to let you carry that ticket I, over. Like I that ticket will just carry over to the next game, right? I think I forget what happened though. 
for game five of the World Series with the Phillies mm-hmm. when they won it. And that game got postponed to another day. Mm-hmm. For some fucked up reason, I feel like they made people pay for a second half of the game ticket, which is absurd. For some reason, I feel like something fucked up like that happened. Yeah, that ain't right. That ain't I don't right. remember, though. Um, I think they would have to reimburse you. I mean, obviously, my advice would be like they'd have to honor the ticket right yeah but the problem to. is problem is the way those systems work once they let you in the building the ticket like they would have to go about sending everybody their tickets again they would the, for that and so i think in my case i'd be okay because i'm going with my uncle who's a season ticket mm-hmm. member but i think where it gets dicey is people buying these tickets off the of secondary markets because yeah. They're not the person who got the tickets originally. So those tickets may be resent to someone else. That person will probably get reimbursed their money, but the person who sold the ticket to them might get decide they want to go to that game. So then that person went, spent money to see a little bit of the game and then doesn't have tickets and would have to pay for another ticket. Yeah, that's just to go. That's a strange scenario. I hope that doesn't happen. That would be fucked. But um, well, I mean, if it's if it's going to be bad, they should just postpone it, push the game yeah. back. And if so, it's not, they should fucking play. It's but saying I'm kind of annoyed that I'm going to be sitting in rain all night. Well, it is saying that it's going to be half an inch over 24 hours, so it's not really a heavy rain. I mean, you might get one pocket of heavy rain throughout the whole thing, but I think you guys will be good for most of the night. Um, it's not going to downpour on you for three hours, essentially. But um, it was pouring at the last series, game five. Yeah. So yeah, just a little, um, just a little reference for people who are looking at tickets. Um, game five of the world, or game four of the World Series. So not this upcoming game tonight, but our next game is the most expensive ticket in all of sports in the last eight years. Um and Austin, right. do you do you know do you know what the second most expensive ticket in the last eight years was? Eagle Super Bowl. No. Hmm. It's kind of a trick question, but the next game, World Series game four tonight <laughs> or game three tonight. <laughs> so yeah, wow. we're going back to back in Philly with the two most expensive sporting event tickets in the last eight years. Um, this has to be the best sports city in America. Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm sitting there driving, thinking about that. I'm like, I'm like, is it only going to be rich people in the crowd, like rich people who can afford it? And I'm like, no, dude, this is Philly. Like people are going to sell their homes and move into Literally. an apartment to go to this fucking game. Like it's, it's nuts. Like this is the craziest city um, we've ever seen. Um, like people, like I bet there's no doubt that in the last week there's people who, like blue collar workers, who have worked overtime or took mm-hmm. on a side job to get the money to be able to attend this game. Yeah. Like it's not like it's given to them. The people will just work harder mm-hmm. to get the money to then put it towards that yeah. game. And I think one thing to note that makes this team a little bit different, and special, John, and people more willing to pay. Every game they've had at home so far, the fans have gotten their money's worth. Yeah. And the team has performed for them. And I think that's what makes this special. You got an undefeated team now at home. 
Um, so people are going to be more willing to spend that because in their minds, they think, you know what, I know that I'm going to get a good product and that this yes. team, you know, has a really, really good chance to win the baseball game. Yeah. Um, versus in, in some other sports in past years, teams have choked in the playoffs at home. And so it gives some yeah. pause to Philly sports fans and paying that money. Cough, cough, the Sixers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, well, and then another – to go off that – like another point off of that, um, it is part of the reason why like Philly fans are so hard on their players. It's like it's you have a bunch of blue-collar workers spending thousands of dollars on tickets to go see these teams play. So when you, who's getting paid 10 15 $20 million, just kind of – play lackadaisical and you're, you're not given 150% effort. Like every game that these people go to, like that's their Super Bowl, right? It could be a regular season Sixers game, but like that might be the one thing that this family doesn't really have much money. They saved up, they put enough money together to take their whole family to the game. And a guy like, I don't know, like Doc or Embiid might look at it like, Oh, like it's just another Wednesday game. Like, no, like this is somebody's NBA championship, right? right. Um, like the Eagles yesterday, we were in the parking lot tailgating, trying to buy tickets. The tickets started that day at around $275, and they only went up from 10 a.m. on um, to, I think, maxing out at like $340 for the cheapest ticket in the stadium. If you wanted to get three tickets together in the stadium – the cheapest one per ticket was $1,200. They were only the, 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 all the, the ones under 500 were, or I mean, under um, a thousand were all single tickets. So, um, and that's, that's a one o'clock Sunday game mid season versus the Steelers who stink. Um, Yeah. But yeah, just to like put into perspective. So if any of the professional athletes out there who have qualms with how Philly fans treat their players, like, just understand what they have put in to get to the game, right? And play play with that in the back of your head, like like oh shit, like like this might be this might be a, a game that doesn't really matter in terms of like the greater scope of our season, but this is somebody's World Series, so you yeah, got to go. I out think there that's a great ride. point. Yeah, and now it's literally the World Series. Yeah, so. Yeah there's an expectation that yeah. team's going to come out. Um, I don't know if you saw John for the world series. And then uh, obviously we can touch on yesterday. We had a yeah. blast down at the tailgate um, throwing out the first pitch tonight. Mm-hmm. Dr. J Bernie Perrant, Brandon Graham and Mike Schmidt. Champions. And I think that is setting a phenomenal tone. Exactly. You got fucking it's champions. Coming four out champs there, right there. Setting the tone for game three. And the other thing that's interesting, there's some rumors that they, every game so far, the day before game three or the day before the home game for the Phillies, they've announced who's singing the national anthem. They put out to be determined for this evening. Oh wow! Um, rumors are swirling that it's uh, either going to be Callum Scott potentially mm-hmm. that they may have flew him in to sing the anthem and then sing the song after the game. Yeah. Um, also, there's rumors swirling that Taylor Swift, who sung Game Three of the World Series in 2008, may make a surprise appearance. And I'm not a big Swift fan personally, 
just that her as a person. Yeah, but it's it's the but nostalgia it, factor. Correct. So if she went out there, that may make me a Taylor Swift fan. If yeah. she comes into town and rocks the national anthem, mm-hmm. I think I'll become a Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, which is probably well, music to my girlfriend's ears. Honestly, like I don't like on like I respect Taylor Swift and and her music and and her very well um well highly regarded career but i i feel like it's weird that like i mean obviously i don't i don't really care for her music too much but i'm like she doesn't make music for us like she makes music that women relate to so right. they're the ones that like obviously they like it because it's that like she's writing songs that are made to relate to that group of people um yeah and i could sit here and say like like hats off to taylor swift she's done an unbelievable job like with her music but it's like i might get roasted or canceled for saying that i don't really care for it i'm like why would i like like why do you think that it's like it's just weird to me i'm like right like yeah like i'm not i don't i don't live that life so it's not my thing but um i think yeah regardless of how i like her music i'm gonna be a taylor swift fan if she's singing the national anthem then i'll tell you that yeah that would be just be electric yeah um all right we got short time here let's touch on the birds commanding victory versus steelers last night um we got a guy on our team Aust, that we knew was going to come on he's a new face this year we knew he was going to make a big splash but i don't think i could have seen him being this dominant um, for our offense. Question for you. Do you think that A.J. Brown is the most dominant receiver in football right now? It's a hot take, and it's a very Philly take that I might add. Um, but I think there, I think there is a conversation there. I think he's in the top three. Yeah. Who were those I other think- two? I think it's hard to say Tyreek Hill isn't the most dominant because of the respect he demands um, with a double team every time because he is just mm-hmm. the fastest human yeah. um, in America, it feels like. yeah. Um, so it would be tough for me to say it's not Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. But A.J. Brown is such a different animal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's clear he's the most physically dominant wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but his combination of size and speed and strength, I think it's it's a really good point. You know, some may say Stefan Diggs right now or Justin Jefferson are performing mm-hmm. as maybe as good or better than AJ Brown. But mm-hmm. I think based on the opportunities AJ Brown gets in our offense, which you know operates under a you know run based system between yeah. the quarterback and running backs, the amount of dominance he's had within that type of offensive structure mm-hmm. and. Dating back to Tennessee, same thing, run heavy offense with Derrick Henry. Um, I think it's he's shown, you know, if if he was in an offense with mm-hmm. fucking Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. I mean, and they're throwing 50 times a game, he would yeah. be better than he is now, which is hard mm-hmm. to imagine. So yes. I think if you extrapolated that out, you're right. He, he very well could be the most mm-hmm. dominant wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing I think about A.J. Brown is his versatility. Um, So a couple of the names you mentioned, right? I think right now Tyreek Hill, obviously the most dominant speed receiver, right? The fastest guy that just just 
dominates people in sheer speed, right? Um, you got guys like Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson who are just like prolific route runners um, that that do great at that. You got a guy like Stefan Diggs that's a big run after catch guy, right? So he's not going to be toasting people on routes, but once he gets the ball in his hands, right, he's got the elusiveness to kind of get around. I think AJ Brown might not be the best at any of those categories, but I think he's that high in all of those categories where he's super good in open space, right? So we can throw short passes to him. He's going to make moves. He's going to find holes and shit like that. Um, He's an unbelievable route runner. He is dominant going up like for contested catches, right? He's got the size and the strength to um, pretty much dominate any defensive back that comes across his way. Um, And he's a, he's a, a lethal red zone threat as well. I think that's one thing that Tyreek Hill never was. And I think that because they had Travis Kelsey, they didn't need him to be. So they're going to march down the field with Tyreek Hill. And then once they get into the red zone, Kelsey's their guy. Um, but I think right now, A.J. Brown, like if you were trying to like make a receiver and get a guy with the best all-around attributes, I think he might be it. Um, he's just He's been so impressive, right? Like he's, it seems like he's always open. Um, his route running has been great. You've seen him catch short passes, take him, break him for long runs. Um, last yesterday afternoon, he had three really great contested deep ball catches. Um, gave a little uh, shout out to the D backs that were covering him, just letting him know that he is better than them. Um, yes, and it's such fucking NFL. Like, how's that a flag? Listen, I'd rather I'd, I'll take the flag. Just be like, we'll take the 15 yards and then still shove it up your ass. <laughs> Um, Correct, but and and you know, yeah. shout out everybody yesterday, John. What a great time we had at the tailgate! Yeah, unbelievable um, tailgate sponsored and, by Seattle Spiked Iced Tea yes. and Lemonade. Great um, to have them repost that. Um, yeah, we love them. We, you know, we I drank tons of Seattle Spiked Iced Tea on Sunday. They were delicious. Hangover was not even that bad for being kind of a sweeter drink. I'm feeling yeah. you know pretty good from a yeah. hangover side of things. I I feel sick as shit. Mm. Um. But, you know, maybe that's just COVID. Who knows? Yeah, but no, you got to understand, right? That's we're <laughs> drinking those with ease on our fourth day in a row of drinking. Correct. Right? We were dead going into the day. And the only thing yeah. that kept us going was those Seattle spiked iced teas. And, um, and, and Jody Barstool, you know, reposted my tweet today um, that when I, I reached out to him and I'm pulling it up here, but mm-hmm. uh, essentially, you know, I'd said I've never been in a worse physical state yet maintain such happiness and joy each morning. It's a special moment in time. Yeah. Um, and that's just what it is right now in Philadelphia. We're fucking rocking and rolling Johnny. Um, and I'm super excited to, you know, be starting this thing up and potentially have some parades. Yeah, man, we're here for it. Um, you know, that for the rest of this playoff uh, and for the rest of every season that we're going to be here, bringing you the latest and greatest Philly sports takes news, everything like that. Um, likely be drinking Seattle Spiked Ice Teas every night um, for the